This podcast is brought to you by the Handshake Agency Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Green Room Podcast on the Handshake Media Network. I'm your host, Tiana Speeder. Thanks for joining me. Great to have you here with me today, wherever you may be. Hopefully you're out doing something badass while you're listening to this. But if not, join the club. Let's hang together and get some musical chats into our lives. This week's guest, it was very, very exciting to catch up with the uber-talented What's So Not, aka producer and electronic extraordinaire Chris Emerson joining me via Zoom. It's honestly a pretty huge time for What's So Not right now. Despite all the craziness of COVID and the state of the world in the wake of the ongoing pandemic, Chris found himself literally and figuratively looking around his backyard in Australia with regular tours and international plans indefinitely put on hold like so many of us. But while pretty much all artists and bands share that similar story of stopping touring and slowing down, what I found most interesting about Chris's 2020 story was that he had actually previously already planned to take a hiatus right around the time that COVID kicked off and ramped up in Australia. Somehow his crystal ball accidentally preempted COVID and while he had no way of predicting a pandemic, it did actually allow him to finally cross paths with a bunch of artists who had previously been on his radar, but never quite in his orbit. And one band in particular that found its way into the gravitational pull of this incredibly ambitious artist is none other than beloved Aussie indie rockers DMAs, with Johnny Took and Chris paving the way for the two acts to collide and eventually conjure some stylistically eclectic magic on their new tune, The Change. As a true pioneer behind the modern Australian electronica revival, Chris is certainly no stranger to evolution and challenging himself professionally. Plus, when you kickstart the year doing a remix for Run The Jewels, chances are you're clearly on the right creative pathway. But today we dig a little deeper and explore how he expands his creative processes, the musical magic behind the change, as well as working with Jordan Chappell on the cyberpunk-esque Rave Ready music video. And we also chat about what's currently exciting him in 2021. So here it is, The Green Room with What So Not. Yay! Well, Chris Emerson, or shall I call you Emo instead? Are we, are we at that level yet? <laughs> you can call me Chris. You can call me What's or Not. You can call me Emo, whatever you like. Love it. Well, thank you so yeah. much for chatting today. And it is such an exciting time for What's or Not. And as we are barreling into the second half of 2021, what you have already achieved this year is pretty catastrophic in a really good way. But firstly, how the hell are you and how is 2021 treating you after what we've all been through in the last 12 months? This year is so minuscule and relaxed. Like, (laughs) (laughs) there's barely anything going on. It's so crazy. It's like I'm, I don't know, it's like I'm like 21 again, just like a resident DJ at the club, just chilling. You know, it's so nice. I'm I'm used to like 150, 200 shows a year and then finishing all the music and then finishing all the music videos and then doing all the press and so this is um, this is nice and relaxing right now. I'm very happy to hear it. And I guess you've had a lot on the go from the outsider's perspective anyway. I mean, recently you've had, obviously, you've done the remix for Run the Jewels, but a little bit closer to home, we have also obviously had the incredible new single with you teaming up with DMAs for The Change. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. 
what I love, it's this really creamy slice of like drum and bass adjacent heaven, but it's also got this really nice little influence coming through from the rockier side of things as well. Um, I read that you and Jordan had been working on this for quite a while before it came to life. Is that correct? Yeah, me and Jordan worked on the music video um, for quite a while, building out um, all the different characters and the narrative of the story. And um, we even, it's, it's kind of a new field, I think, where if I was going to do a music video, I would go and pull a bunch of clothes from some cool designers. But then for this music video, we actually had to go to designers that don't even make clothes, they just make 3D designs yeah. and, like, Try, try and negotiate like hey if we do a music video we like we take the clothes we wear them and then we give them back and you know we put them on show we tag everyone it's a really cool thing mm. and then it's very different when it's like a digital piece because you can't like give it back it's like you've borrowed it um and you know that they're, they're quite detailed and quite time consuming we had some really incredible designers that we worked with mm. um from all around the world that doing really you know really insane um cutting edge kind of work in that field and then uh we had to augment a lot of my friends faces into the clip mm-hmm. um so we'd we'd capture their faces and their sort of essence and then we'd I'd give that to Jordan and he would build that out into the program and it was this the the run the jewels clip that we did was um was very fun exciting and it was more um it was more sort of interchangeable um, scenes and moments that were encapsulating a metaphor of, of what was being spoken about. And then this development in this clip is uh, much more narrative based and, and full flow through. Yeah. So teaming up with Johnny from the DMAs obviously mm-hmm. was a pretty dream collaboration for a lot of us who have seen the end result, but can you kind of take me back to the very beginning of how this actually came to fruition from the start with him? Like what kickstarted this adventure? Yeah, I think um, I think COVID, amongst its hurdles, presented a lot of opportunities. So many, many artists have started here, done something that the world has caught on to, and then they've gone to their separate pockets of the world where it's really taking off, and mm-hmm. they've usually based there or set up a life there or toured there relentlessly. And I think, you know, for the first time in many years, all of Australia's you know, assets and artists and creatives, they're all back here. Yeah. Everybody came home and um, we got really bored and restless. And we all just started <laughs> like hitting each other up. Like, yeah. yo man, how are you? Like, you know, I was working with people I haven't hung out with in eight years or something. And yeah. and Johnny, I'd actually never even met, which is quite surprising because I feel like we've been in a lot of similar circles and um, playing similar festivals and things like that. Um but yeah, we just got in like, hey man, do you want to go get a coffee? Want to go to coffee down the road in Chippendale? And and then um, just started talking about life and how everything had been. And they were actually still, I think they were doing shows. They were doing mm-hmm. micro seated shows. Like they do like 15 shows in a row at the one venue, but only for a small amount of people, maybe like 100 people or something seated. Yeah. So, yeah. and you can do that, you know, if you're a band like the DMAs, I think dance music, it's a little trickier because it's all about mosh pits and um, jumping around and, and things like that. 
Yeah, the seated um, show for that would be a little bit of a different experience. Wouldn't it? Yeah, I think you can really appreciate the DMA sitting. It's a little harder for, <laughs> to do the same thing yes. for dance music. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we just like, we kind of clicked straight away. And, and like, I actually love Johnny. He's such a good dude. And mm. I'm bummed we didn't cross paths earlier because I probably would have been mates from him mm. with him for the last decade or yeah. something. <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, Johan who does their label I've known for years and, and he's super, super cool. He's someone who I'll like chat to, you know, if I've got an interesting record, I'll send it to him sometimes and be like, Hey dude, what do you think of this one? And, um, sometimes he'll send me some, some IOU records that are unreleased and, Mm. and sort of pick my brain on it. And, um, so it was cool to just sort of, you know, get connected with a lot of people that were only, you know, arm's length away from me this whole time. And, um, and just dive in and, and, and get creating. Yeah, absolutely. And I like, it's kind of what you touched on. It is interesting how we've all, we've had to look in our backyard, but like you said, all of this has always been there. And as negative as all of the experiences has been, it's kind of been incredible that we've been able to turn it to good and find these kind of things that you'd never get the time or the opportunity. I mean, if you're traveling overseas and all of that, you don't get this dedicated time. So it's nice that the good stuff has come out of it. And then the rest of the band came on board too. Like it wasn't just you two kicking around with this song. So it's kind of, yeah, I don't want to say super group, but <laughs> super collaboration maybe instead. Awesome. Johnny, I mean, Johnny just loved the idea that we'd sort of birthed on that first day and he was mm. like, oh, man, I'm going to get the band in on this. Yeah, like we've got to get Tommy yeah. Sam, we'll get Mason in. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was very exciting. And it it's not often you, you make something just in that first session in, in a day and you know you're onto something yep. and also you get almost all the way through the record. Like I, I was just tweeting yesterday, there's this song I've been working on on and off for five years and I think I've finally come to the end of it and mm. I'm like, okay, I have revisited and rebuilt my my knowledge, my foundation, my understanding of my craft enough so that I can do this song justice. I, I knew where I wanted it to go years ago, but I didn't know how to get there. Yeah, right. Um, and, and, you know, this one with the DMAs was kind of the opposite where it's you just the right pieces of the puzzle, you come together and it just clicks like magic and there it is. Mm. Well, and it's awesome too because, like I kind of touched on at the start, it's got the individual flavours of what's so not the individual flavours of DMA are obviously very much there, but you've got, like, real polish you've got all that like trademark stuff that we know and love you for but you've also got these really animated instrumentals and like the vocal shenanigans coming through with it all as well like is this something that you may potentially want to pursue more of like you know teaming up with a few more locals or even international people that are going to you know not challenge you but just expand how you write like do you enjoy having that change of pace as opposed to just writing your own working on your own stuff birthing it to the world yeah definitely um I mean like I just enjoy collaborating in general I think when I was touring around the world a lot I would get put in sessions with like people every three or four days Mm. and they'd be from bands or they'd be top line writers or they'd be like um you know, rap producers or, or they'd be rappers or, or whatever it might be. And you just, you kind of hang out, you get a gauge for each other's vibe and, and what sort of stuff they're into. And the, the coolest thing I always found about that is 
they show you their favorite music and you show them your favorite music mm. and usually you've never heard any of it. Yeah. And and it's really exciting. I think it's a great way to to understand music better and understand the scope of it. Mm. And you know, that it's usually it's usually the niche obscure records that are the ones that really inspire and then the the more common commercialized ones are just they you know by nature have to be so watered down yeah um to have that success so it's it's great working with you know people from all corners of the world and and even here at home and and discovering you know everything that is inspiring everybody else yeah well and i like kind of off the back of that perfectly i did read that you and johnny did bond over some specific artists i mean we do hear a lot of them like you guys were doing chemical brothers prodigy all that type of stuff that you had that nice common ground for and it this song actually took me back to like you know those years stealing my brother's ministry of sound cds and just like diving <laughs> fully into that like in a really good way like and obviously yeah. it's in this more modern setting but like with what's so not like you're obviously undeniably more in the electronic realm of things that's no secret but do you find yourself now you know actively looking like is what stuff is are you listening to these days when you actually might get two seconds of downtime to actually either enjoy or inspire or influence what you're going to do next? I've had some interesting phases. Like there was a period of almost two or three years where I didn't even listen to dance music. Mm. I was just kind of over it, I guess. And I think there was a really beautiful scene that flourished out of here in Australia. And, you know, like with anything, it gets really popular and then it gets a little bit cannibalized and like, it starts to deteriorate the essence of what it is. And I bet every artist in any genre has had that experience where they're part of a movement. It's very new. It's very exciting. All the people coming around that are like right on the tip of something new and exciting as well. And, mm. and they're sort of the, the front runners of taste and, and stuff like that. And then it starts to just get a bit much and a bit overblown and, and it's not as fun and exciting anymore. And then you go and look for other places and other things that are new and exciting. And I, I think I went on a few ventures like that. Um, even my even my debut album was a bit of a departure from, you know, the what what so not sort of started as. It was more focused on songwriting. It was a lot more cinematic, and mm. it was you know just personally where I was. It was a bit somber. Um, and I think what so not was more about like carefree youth and and just throwing things together that didn't really belong but somehow worked Mm. um and I think it's been fun to come back to that and you know have that have that time to reflect and and just rethink everything I think COVID was good for and you know now I'm just re-excited on things and and I've you know there's a bunch of young artists coming up that are doing such cool work that you know I, I feel like I feel like this genre and this scene has had its huge moment and then it sort of went in way too <laughs> far in the commercial space. Mm. And and now there's like this birth of the youth hearing that and like, oh, I can I can do that better. And now I'm I'm very excited, you know, hearing what everyone's doing. There's people like Quiet Bison, Tech Genesis, Bickler, um, Montel, there's so many people doing really amazing stuff. Stay with me. After the break, we dig deep into what's exciting, what's so not, both in and beyond his trademark genre. Plus, we chat why taking hiatus and putting everything on hold in 2020 made it his most favourite year of his life. Those were his exact words. 
All that coming up and more. Steve Bell here. I present the Handshake Agency podcast Rewind. Each series takes you back to a moment of musical heritage as we present oral histories about great albums of our time from the people who made them. If, like me, you have a geek-like curiosity about your favourite artists, track down Rewind with Steve Bell at thepodcast.com.au, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite shows. Well, it's kind of nice. It's that whole thing, like your whole amalgamation of what you were saying before, like you obviously like to look into other things and it's nice to see that that's flowing into the the next generation dare I say but um yeah for yourself like obviously we all know it has been a fair few years now between new tunes I mean I know you've had some non-album singles out along the way but it's really been since 2018 and not all the beautiful things that we have got to experience like brand new what's so not material I believe like were you planning to take a hiatus last year regardless like prior to COVID was that already on the cards for you <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> me and my manager thought there was going to be a recession <laughs> and we were like, all right, let's just do everything, let's burn out and then we'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> and little bit yep. did we know <laughs> there was one being brought on by a virus. <laughs> um, but, you know, it felt like the world was about to burst anyway. It was just at its throat at its own throat and everything was overpriced everything was overhyped it just it just needed to stop it Mm. needed to stop for a bit um so yeah and I needed to stop and even even if the world wasn't going to I was going to stop in 2020 but then Mm. it wound up that everybody had to well it's it's really interesting you are one of the few people that 2020 may not have really thrown you off the rails as much like everyone else who would have had their albums and all these tours planned. I mean, it's quite poetic that you've managed to you know, sync all that up together. But have you? Yeah, that. Oh, sorry, you go. That would have hurt a lot of people. I know a lot of friends that really suffered from that because, <clears throat> I mean, for anyone that isn't in the music industry, part of how it works is as an artist if you want to get to a new tier, if you want to establish yourself in a certain way so that you can really live off this and and do all the, you know, insane artistic visionary you have for your project, Mm. you have to invest in yourself. And there's been periods in my career where, you know, I'm spending everything I'm earning Mm. to build a better show, to, to create new visuals, to, design the stage design and bring in production that no one else is bringing that like, and you're paying staff, like during COVID I was still paying all my staff, but there was just no work and no money coming in. Um, and I know a lot of friends that they really struggled. They had invested in themselves and backed their art. And then because of this whole scenario, like everything just falls apart. They've already made all the merch. It's all printed. And then they go try and sell it, but then no one's got money. Um, they got to give back all the deposits for all the shows because of Forge Majeure, which is like, you know, in, in contracts for situations like this. And, mm. and, and then, uh, and then, you know, they've already outlaid all the expenses, but they got to give back all the money and then the shows don't happen. And it's just, yeah. it's really sad. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for some people it went fine and others not so much. Mm. And has it impacted you, like, obviously having this break, whether it was voluntary or not for you? Like, do you feel refreshed? Do you feel rejuvenated? Like, how are you looking at the next 
short term or longer term for what's or not as a project? Like, have you adapted? Have you changed? Have you evolved? Or are you happy to just kind of let what happens happens? I've had a, I've had quite a few different waves in this last year and a half. Like, I'd actually say 2020 was my favorite year of my life. Wow. Strangely, um, because my life was absolute chaos. And I, I tried to make the most of every moment, like even things like if you if you take a red eye to Europe to do a, a tour and you land jet lag to shit, you can go and be sad in a hotel room and struggle to sleep and try and do all the emails and phone calls, or you can jump on another plane to an island and rent a car and drive around and look how beautiful it is and mm. dive in the ocean. And so I would always take the latter option. But it's like it's tiring, you yeah. know, <laughs> and, and and I just I was like I need to stop. And one one thing with the with life being so manic like that is I just didn't get enough hours in a studio, and and at the very least not enough hours in um, in the same room. Mm. So I would have to finish records like without really hearing what's going on, yeah. and and without without having, you know, a, a true foundation that I've always wanted. I remember when I walked into the, the the noisier studios in Holland and it was like I heard true zero for the first time and I'd never actually heard that because I'd just been, you know, working here and there and wherever and, and uh, you know, when the space is always changing, there's benefits to it but there's also disadvantages. Mm. And for 2020 I sat in the same room for nine months straight and would pull probably 12 to 16 hour days, just sitting there with my headphone, with my head between the speakers um, with the only break being to go surfing or get a coffee. Mm. And like uh, I was just extremely disciplined. I was crashing at a friend's house for most of it. And he had all this analog gear. And um so I just kind of studied my craft and I studied an aspect of my craft. Like I have a couple of little toys, like a OP one and a, a Moog Minotaur and some things that just fit in my bag. Cause I always had to be mobile and I could never own anything cause mm. I was just always moving. I don't live anywhere. I didn't rent anywhere. And, um, yeah, I got to study an aspect of the craft that I hadn't explored so much. And there's such a difference when you're, when you're running analog into modern soft synths and, and plugins um, as compared to just running soft synths into soft synth plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it has this tone and this character to it that you, it's, it's very hard to program. Um, and the, there's also this element of performance where you kind of, ride the the chords and the riff and the the velocity and you can ride the pitch wheel and and all of this stuff in real time rather than just like grabbing a little piece and putting <laughs> it there and putting it there and it's it just feels more natural yeah. i was also recording a lot um was recording guitars and drums and working with different types of mics and different types of settings on gear and it was it was all very exciting and um and refreshing and and I think I found, um, I definitely found some new sounds and some new ways of doing things yeah. um, in that process. 
Yeah, which I guess you probably would have got there on your own by the sound of your plans, but it also, having the world be so quiet around you, it really does elevate that. So sounds like there's going to be some exciting times ahead, no matter what, yeah, at this point for you, definitely. which is really, really exciting to hear. And I mean, live music, as we all know, has been so sorely missed. I mean, I didn't realise that my only social outlet was going to gigs. I was like, I don't think I actually see people and I actually had to make time to actually hang out with people in real life, but <laughs> which is a bit sad. That's a bit of a sad state of affairs. But um, with with stuff coming back now, like I know you've got it. It looks like you had a few shows lined up. Like, is everything kind of looking like it's going to be able to go ahead with what you've got planned for the next six months? Yeah, there hasn't there hasn't been too much postponed or cancelled. Actually, mm. um, we've I've had a good run. I moved to WA because movement is very free from here. So um, I can get into any state pretty yes. much because they never really have outbreaks here um, and do a show. And the only reason I can't do the show is if the show gets cancelled. Yep. So, yeah, it's 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 been a good move. I've been um, shock one. Carl has been letting me use his studio at night when he goes home to his family. So I've been, I've gone from like an incredible artistic creation and writing space all of last year to a, a super high end sonic development space in an extremely well-crafted soundproofed room. Mm. Um, so I'm sort of honing on, on the other side of it now. Yeah. Well, and on that note, is there anything you can reveal after all this time spent soul searching and musical searching and everything playing with all these incredible things? What can we expect from a 2021 What's So Not Live show or do we just have to wait and see? Um, the DJ sets are very fun at the moment because I've got some records I'm testing out that I've created in all these spaces. Um, I've actually been enjoying listening to dance music again and have a lot of amazing friends that are doing really cool stuff that is exciting me every day. Um, I've had the time to actually listen to other people's stuff because when you're when you're moving and traveling like that, like I spend every second I can in my laptop working on my own stuff. Mm. And then sometimes you forget to listen to other people's stuff. So I've been, um, I've been making sure to do that and shouting out people when they do something really dope. And, you know, I think, I think that's something that's been a bit lost. I think dance music went from this niche underground thing to the biggest sound in the world and Mm. the most, you know, hotly chased kind of field and I think that just changed a lot by nature mm. and um and it's it's been nice to just sit with other artists and communicate with other artists and have little forums and stuff where we chat and speak you know and share things with each other and it's been really cool yeah well it's that true community thing and it's finally fostering it you know at a at an elevated rate which is fantastic so I've one. I'm not the only one. We'll be very excited to see what you get up to over the next little bit. And I guess in the short term, we've got the incredible music video, which as you touched on at the start, those epic rave vibes. And I got a little, little bit of like a nostalgic gaming vibe from it too, which took again, took me back to probably stealing things from my brother to, to play <laughs> with. I've got a theme. I've got a theme. But yeah, it's a really exciting time. And I guess it's awesome that you can spend a bit of time in your home country and hopefully get around the place and obviously when international travel does get back on the cards no doubt you will be making the world fall in love with you once again but in the meantime 
can't wait to see what happens. Very excited about potentially maybe you and the DMAs also doing a live thing together and, yeah, it's going to be some good times ahead. I think so, yeah. Mm. Johnny actually jumped up uh, on yours and ours the other week because we were playing just after each other mm. and uh, I look forward to doing a lot more of that. And, um, yeah, it's been nice to be here and be quite present here and there's people I've crossed paths with a little bit over the years that I'm spending a lot more time with and mm. there's, you know, getting introduced to new people, whether they're insane photographers or designers or fashion labels. I just did um, a collaboration with Wright Hill over here in Perth and we did this free show for like less than 150 people at the store the other week oh and I God. did like a did like a two-hour freestyle DJ set just to 150 people just just for fun, you know. Yeah. And um, stuff like that is so cool. And there's a real difference as an artist when when you do a show that's for free, you can do whatever you want. You can play whatever. Like I think I played one of my own songs. Wow. Because no one's paying to see me. No <laughs> one's paying. They're not like, I paid to come and see you. I want to hear blah, blah, blah. We want what, like, so not. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, no, you didn't pay anything. So this is the show for me. And I'm going to play you some really cool shit that I love mm. that, you know, people have sent to me. And then we're all going to enjoy this together. Yeah. Not to say I don't enjoy playing my own music. It's just like, I like to do both. I like to just be a DJ. Like sometimes I would just like to be hidden in the dark just playing songs for people without like, or wearing like a hood over my head or a mask <laughs> or something. Like I just like DJing. I like watching people honestly react to stuff. And I think once you have an artist profile and there's an expectation, it's almost like a, a false representation of how they might be feeling towards something, yeah, you know? Definitely. So it's cool. It's cool to just go into a space like that and just play whatever. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's just stripped everything back to the whole reason you're here and I think it's a fantastic thing and all the doors and all the windows are open that we didn't even know were there. So, yeah, mm. awesome, awesome times ahead and so exciting to hear you so passionate about everything that you do. It's really inspiring and exciting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, thank, thank you. you for letting me dive a bit into your world today and, yeah, can't wait to see what's going to happen next in What's So Not Land. It's going to be a fun time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for chatting. Hopefully you can get on with your morning now. I hope you've had coffee. <laughs> I have not had coffee <gasps> because right before we got on, this damn truck pulled up, like it's a small cul-de-sac, and this <laughs> truck pulled up and it was like grinding trees into wood chip, like out the front of the door. And I was like, am I going to have to get in an Uber and try and find like a quiet park to do this interview and like a hotspot off my phone. I was like, what oh. the hell am I going to do? This is, it was so loud. Oh my goodness. So, so wood so chipping spent, and no coffee. No. Yeah. I spent like the 20 minutes before this interview, like frantically trying to work out what I was going to do. And then I didn't get to have my coffee. But, oh, this is you know. devastating. So I'm going to stop it right now. You need to go have coffee, <laughs> but thank you for sacrificing your caffeine for this. I'm very honored. <laughs> it was worth it. Thanks so much, Chris. Well, you right. enjoy the rest of your no day. Worries. Good luck with everything. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Well, a big thanks and big love to Chris, aka What's So Not, for joining me this week on the Green Room podcast. No doubt you've probably already heard the change boasting an awesome team up with Chris and the DMA's boys. Definitely give it a listen if you somehow have missed it. And also definitely check out the music video. It's worth a watch purely for the fact it'll either get you dancing 
or if you're like me, it'll get you hankering for some video game adventures to add to your day, so be sure to give it a whirl. In the meantime, you can head over to thepodcast.com.au, click on the Green Room tab and catch up on all the previous episodes, including Tim Rogers and Davey Lane from UMI, as well as a hoard of chats with the likes of Luke Steele, The Offspring, Eddie Izzard, too many more to list here. Shake Agency Network, produced by Tiana Spita and Andrew Mast, with Pharrell D'Souza and Henry Gibson providing research. Recorded and engineered by Zig Parker, executive producer Craig Truick.